Welcome to the first episode of the Trailside Podcast. In this series, I'll be speaking with cyclists from all over the world that are part of the Kona Bikes Ambassador Program. For the first episode, I speak with Tim DaCosta about how sometimes life can go too fast and how cycling can bring balance back to your life, but sometimes it doesn't always help like you'd hoped. Okay, this should be this should be interesting. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, well, that can either go really great or it can be a disaster, but we'll find out soon enough. Sweet. Uh, well, I am into interesting weird things like this, so hopefully this uh, hopefully this is interesting. Hopefully, I'm interesting enough for you. So, <laughs> thanks again for having me on here. And uh, yeah, um, what's your uh, what's your what's your background in in all of this? I uh, I try to keep up with. A lot of the different ambassadors but uh i really i really don't i'm pretty bad at social media so um yeah it, yeah, it can be your... a bit overwhelming at times trying to keep on top of everything and everybody um so i was working in a bike shop for a long time and we were a kona shop we sold a lot of konas and kind of through that then um that's how i got into the ambassador program so nothing too exciting, but, you know, I've been cycling on Konas for a good few years because that was kind of our main brand in the shop I used to work in. So I've, I have a whole bunch of Konas. Um, and then I just applied for the ambassador program one year and I guess they liked what they saw. We have a, we have a similar story then. So um, I suppose if you want, you could just tell me about yourself and, and how cycling is kind of involved in your life and how you got involved with Kona. Well, uh, cycling has been a part of my life uh, for almost as far back as I can remember. I've always loved riding bikes as a kid. I was always trying to do things that the bikes weren't meant to do, jump off things that the bikes weren't meant to jump off of. And I I was really fortunate to be raised in uh, kind of in Western Colorado in a kind of a rural setting that we could kind of do whatever we wanted in the backyard. So we got to jump off whatever and build a lot of things as a kid. And then, awesome. uh, kind of got into, kind of got into the, the BMX world in, uh, in high school and in college and did a lot of that. Um, but, uh, kind of as I transitioned into, you know, my twenties, I, it, uh, BMX stuff really started to hurt me. Uh, and, uh, I tried to not get as hurt as much. And I was, uh, really enjoying hanging out with a bunch of these mountain bikers and got into that, um, moved to Grand Junction in Western Colorado about 11, 12 years ago. And, uh, yeah, I just started hanging out with a bunch of mountain bikers and, uh, kind of all went downhill from there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, ended up working in a shop here in Grand Junction. Then it ended up running the shop for, uh, three or four years. Okay, wow. Um, and helping out there as the shop kind of transitioned in between different times of its existence. And then we got into uh, where we're at now, which is, um, yeah, I work at the shop still part-time. This is actually, I'm at, we're actually recording here in my, uh, in my suspension lab downstairs. I do all the suspension work here at Grassroots Cycles. Cool. And, um, yeah. And two or three years ago, yeah, I'd just been riding Konas for a long time. And similar to your story, I uh, applied for the ambassador program like 2018 or 2019. And yeah, 
they they had me on and yeah it's uh it's been interesting i'm uh, i'm a content creator in general i i'm a i'm a filmmaker and do a lot of that kind of stuff oh wow so that, that was that, kind of that their, comes in handy their, i'd imagine for content creation yeah it, it's cool it's hard to sell film stuff um, especially when you're relatively busy but yeah i work as a as a director as a cinematographer here uh for a production company that's my like that's my day job and um yeah just have been really fortunate to get to do that for a long time and um have that as kind of my my thing my thing that i do but yeah i i've made a few little short pieces for kona over the years that have been really cool and uh yeah and just to do it in a more official capacity has been really cool so anyways that's kind of the the short and the long story there nothing super exciting or anything but yeah that's uh that's my story there so. <laughs> that's no that's pretty awesome it's just the fact that you're like if you were being re- working through the bike shop and that you were able to stay on part-time so i'm sure you know my experience from working at a bike shop it's more of a labor of love than anything else just because you love working with bikes um but that you're able to keep that kind of part-time but still work as a director and cinematographer at the same time uh, must be pretty interesting um but I know, you, as you said, it's pretty hard to um, self-film. And that, that was the one thing I always kind of... Like, I have so many ideas flying around in my head for all these cool videos and things like that. But it's just so hard to haul a load of equipment with you and a bike and try and set something up and then ride past a camera. And then realise, and you look at it back later, there's like, no, that does not look like what it looked in my head at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Self-filming is, is interesting. Um, do, you, do you know um, Ben? Um, down in the UK, um, he writes for Kona. Um, ben Garish. I'm probably I, the name um, sounds familiar, but I've probably come across him before. Yeah, he uh, he's kind of one of my inspirations for making some self filmed uh, things. Hopefully, this next year. That's uh, he's he, he has a bunch of self filmed things that are pretty pretty interesting. He's he's a similar guy. He has a bunch of film and uh, background, and uh, he has works. A, at a production company and he's, he's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, he's, he's one of my inspirations for like, just, yeah, making, making films with super simple concepts and just a camera in the woods with yeah. just you riding by. And it's, it's fun to tell stories in simple ways. Cause we get caught up a lot and like, can we put a drone up here? Can we do a zip line here? Can we, uh, <laughs> can we throw a camera in the back of a truck and go 50 miles an hour here to get this shot? And sometimes you just got to tell stories in super simple ways. And that's kind of brings you back to the simplicity of why we do what we do. So yeah. try to focus on some of that this year. So, And with your cinematography and directing or that, that kind of main career that you do outside of the bike shop, is that is there any particular style or is it just kind of cycling or outdoor sports or do you do bits of everything what you can be hired oh, for we do everything i work yeah i work for a production company here in town but i hire out for myself i do solo gigs all the time um but yeah i, I work mostly for my buddy at Lightbulb media here in grand junction and we do everything we do all of the all of the boring corporate stuff um we do all of the uh all of all of the the things for the municipal things uh interviews talking head stuff but we get to do a lot of other fun things and we're very story based so we're not just we're not just filming 
your business and you talking about it. We're trying to tell a story, and that's our yeah. our big push when we make a lot of these pieces and we move, when we make promotional material for people is we're trying to tell your story. We're not just trying to, you know keep it interesting words on a page so to speak we're trying to we're trying to engage we're trying to actually show people like who you are so that's kind of our our big push because there's a lot of media companies out there there's a lot of different people who do a lot of different things but like if you could tell a good story that's what really engages and pulls people in so cool yeah that's kind of the best way to do it because this this is one thing that i nothing makes me chew it out of a video quicker than just boring speech without kind of any story or tale behind it yeah. um, so just kind of going back to when you got into cycling when you were younger you mentioned that you had a like a big backyard like so did you have did you have a lot of um, like land behind you that you owned were you able to kind of build things or were you building dirt jumps for your BMXs or or how did that work yeah it was it was pretty much just a, a big yard my parents had an acre a little more than an acre I think and uh, yeah, we were just we were just out in rural Colorado, and we were jumping whatever we could find. Um, you know, twenty years ago it was really terrible Walmart bikes that we broke everywhere. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, yard sale bikes that we could find. We were we were on whatever whatever we could do. And I remember somewhere somewhere when I was like fifteen or sixteen, I found this old like specialized BMX bike. And I, and it was like missing a wheel or something, but I bought the whole bike for like five bucks and I, I built it up and that was like my first like real BMX bike. Um, and I ended up breaking that too, but like, <laughs> it was like the start of like, you know, real bikes and, you know, you spent time on it and you're not just, you know, riding some $50 bike your parents bought you or something. You're actually like self-investing in it. And so it, it's a little more personal. And, uh, and yeah, I just had a bunch of friends who were riding too at the time. And, um, yeah, it it was just, just fun. Uh, it was a simpler <laughs> time. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. It's fun to, it's fun to talk about it now. Um, sorry, how is how, uh, I'm 32. How old are you Colin? Oh, I'm 34. 34. Yeah. I mean, I'm in an interesting place in my life now that it's just interesting to look back on and to just. Um, you know, reminisce about how a lot of that time in your life you kind of skipped over. It went by so fast, and I don't know if it's if it happens to you, but life just really just keeps accelerating and not stopping, really. Yeah. And uh, it just gets away from you, and uh, I don't know. It's just some of these simpler times that are fun to reminisce about that are really formative to who you are. Um, but also are like those parts of life that you can hold on to and be like, yeah, life is life. Life is life is really simple sometimes. Absolutely. Even though it gets complicated when you get older. <laughs> Too complicated. But uh, yeah, I was kind of the same when I was younger. I just had a some kind of cheap wasn't I never rode BMX. It was just a mountain bike with the v-brakes and a crap suspension fork that didn't really do anything and it wasn't long before i had the thing trashed by just cycling down everything i could find um so i live in the city but i'm pretty close to the university campus and i used to just go down there and cycle up and down mm. all the little hills and um a lot of the staircases now i wasn't jumping the staircases i was just cycling down and going dug, 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 hitting every step on the way down so i wasn't long 
trashing my bikes. Um, but kind of just grew out of it and then, you know, finishing up school and working and then got back into it probably in my mid-twenties. Um, just randomly bumping into people that I knew that is like, oh, you're mountain biking. Yeah, cool. I might join you. And then got a bike and then started hanging around with the guys at the local bike shop and then had become good friends with the owner of the bike shop and then started working at the bike shop and then you know just kind of went from there and now I love it like my girlfriend has two bikes my kids have bikes I have too many bikes <laughs> nice mm. yeah bikes uh bikes have taken me all over the place bikes have been bikes bikes have been honestly bikes have been very interesting to me bikes have been a source of joy and a source of like expression a source of passion for me Mm -hmm. and and an outlet a creative outlet for me just because i really enjoy the feeling that i get from it and i enjoy the expression that i can get when i when i ride yeah um but they've also they've also been a part of my story that isn't happy that isn't joyful it's it's injuries it's um yeah it's it's coping mechanisms that didn't that weren't healthy it's uh it's uh it's a it's a two-sided coin cycling for me it's it's a it's a it's finding balance which is what you do on a bike um and so i'm always trying to think of things a little bigger picture now because um you know bikes are my practice my spiritual practice so to speak you know a lot of people do a lot of different things but like it's it's the one thing that's been consistent through most of my life that is something that i do that i love you know yeah and uh and i've been very fortunate to be able to do that uh all over the world that i where i've lived all over the country and um it's it's really cool but um I'm trying to be a little bit more realistic about what it is and how we treat it um, it, within our little, within our little culture, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, sorry, went on a little tangent there. No, it's uh, it's okay. I'm very, I'm very in my head about um, a lot of things right now. I have uh, just, just for context, I have two uh, concussions in the last two months. Oh, wow. um, Injury wise. And, uh, I, I still ride, I, I've still been trying to ride like dirt jumps and some pretty intense uh, little racing that I do every once in a while, just enduro style stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, life has just been uh, throwing me some curveballs with some little weird things that, you know, just freak accidents that wasn't really ready for. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you can see these scars on my forehead right here, like had to stitch up my face in August and uh, yeah, just all sorts of weird little things that happen that really make you step back and um, think about what's important in life. So I've, I've had a few crashes on bikes, but nothing serious. I'm kind of the other way around. Like I, I really badly injured my right shoulder, but it was probably the smallest little sideways stumble when I put my hand down to break my fall or, um, I was in the woods and I went to cycle off and lost my balance, but I was clipped in and then fell over sideways and the handlebar split my lip open. Luckily, I didn't knock any teeth out. But like most of my injuries were the tiniest little things. And I ended up 
you know, taking chunks out of myself. Like when the handlebar went into my lip, I had to kind of, I was luckily I was close to my van at the, the head of the wood. So I had to go back and then I had to go and clean myself off and cover myself up with stary strips. And, and then it was in the morning before starting work. So I went to the, the pharmacy um, and I had to buy some uh, shaving cream and razors so that I could shave the stubble off and then try and close the wound up and clean it out properly before I had to open up the bike shop. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, oh. but yeah, that, the interesting things like that. But like, I've never had any real bad, serious injuries, thankfully. But some of my worst injuries were from like the simplest little just, oh, I just lost my balance and I stumbled over and I landed on a tree stump and wrecked my knee for a few months. Yeah, I mean... Those are the, those are the worst. Um, but I think s- cycling is, yeah, I know you were saying that there's a balance to it, but I think cycling is what brings mm. the balance for me. Like it's my, it's my happy place. Um, and I, I, I really do kind of notice sometimes where, you know, if I haven't been on the bike in a couple of weeks or just, you know, life takes over and you just don't have the time or you haven't gotten around to it. And I can really start to feel myself just getting a bit cranky. And then all I need is a half an hour in the woods on a mountain bike or even out on the gravel bike just to get outside and you know everything just kind of lifts off you know so that's what i really love about cycling and kind of all shapes and forms yeah that that's awesome it's um yeah it's it is a balance for me um i i think i'm just a little bit of an intense uh personality that uh <laughs> sometimes it needs to reel it back in a little bit um, regarding some of that. And so if that makes sense, um, a lot of, a lot of my life has been, uh, over, overdoing things and, uh, over being a little overzealous about things and I don't know, taking things for granted that, uh, I have regretted later. And, uh, but I've also lived a very interesting life that, uh, it's hard to, hard to regret a lot of being able to do the things that I have done over the years. So, um, yeah, yeah. Bikes, bikes are a balancing act. Bikes are what, uh, what can balance you. But, um, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be a little bit more rounded and grounded in, uh, in why and when I do my cycling Mm -hmm. nowadays. So cool. Um, uh, you mentioned earlier that cycling has brought you kind of other places all around the world. Where else have you gotten to travel outside of the, the US? Um, well, <laughs> not a terrible much. Uh, I've been to Canada once for a short trip, but uh, I was there for the Kona launch in 2017. That's the only time I've actually ever been to Canada. Okay. Um, still never been up to like Whistler or anything like that. Trying to next year. Um really like to get up there and see everybody in bellingham and yeah i haven't been up in you know the pacific northwest in seven a little over seven years and uh yeah that's just a beautiful part of the country where kona is based out of um but uh in 2012 2013 i moved to thailand to do uh some work over there and uh, while i was there i just happened to have my BMX bike and I did a bunch of BMX in Bangkok while I was living there and just uh I don't know bikes are so universal yeah. it's uh it's just really cool and I lived up in the north of Thailand as well up on the the border of Burma for a while and uh 
bikes up there too. Whenever I could borrow somebody's old, there's, there's a bit of, uh, there's actually a bit of mountain biking up there and people with mountain bikes that I could borrow. And, uh, when I did get to get away and go up into the highlands of that area, it was just, it was gorgeous. And yeah, bikes are, bikes are a really cool universal language in a lot of different countries. Um, spent some time in India too. Everybody rides bikes in India. Um, I don't know. Bikes are just, bikes are just really cool. And getting to see that, um, in, in South Asia and Southeast Asia when I lived there was just, I don't know. It just always gives me hope because, uh, you can go anywhere in the world and there's always going to be some kind of cycling, some kind of bikes. Yeah, for sure. uh, Bikes are how I get to work every day. They're how I, you know, stay in shape relatively and try and be healthy. Um, and they're also, you know, that, that release, that emotional, you know, high that you can get from being in control of some crazy two wheel machine going through the rocks <laughs> in the desert out here. Yeah. You know, and I don't know. I just, uh, I just have taken a lot of that and I'm trying to be a lot more aware of how amazing that is and what we get to do in at least our context of the world and stuff. So, yeah. I haven't been a lot of crazy places, but uh, I, I I did a lot of things in my BMX days. I got to, you know, live at the S&M Pro House, you know, in Southern California back in the day and travel with a bunch of pros and go to a awesome. bunch of things. And, yeah, I was, I was really into BMX back in the day, and I'm glad I'm not chasing that anymore because... You must have been pretty good on the BMX then. Uh, I could have been, yes. Um, but uh, I just mostly was hanging out with people who are really good. And uh, I don't know. I just really enjoy the competitive, progressive side of, of BMX, where you're always learning something new, always yeah. trying new tricks. It was more of a it was more of a precision discipline than the mountain biking. Sometimes it was it was uh, it was a scalpel, so to speak, rather than a a machete or whatever you want to call these big bikes we ride these days. But uh, yeah. it was really cool, and it gave me a lot of you know discipline and control. An understanding of bikes that I took into mountain biking later. Um, awesome. But yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, that long-winded, not very good answer to that question. But <laughs> no, no, that's good. Um, and like, are you involved in kind of the cycling community around here, or do you just, or do you just cycle purely for the love of cycling, or do you have any kind of? I know, I know, like, I know a lot of the Kona ambassadors kind of are involved in local clubs and cycling communities and events, and you know, helping out and things like that. And with you being in a shop, is is that kind of part of what you do, or do you just? Yeah, is yeah it purely really, just for the love of cycling. We're really small bike shops, so we don't do a lot of group stuff but we're involved in a lot of different things we have a a venue here so we're able to like show films and do different types of you know events um at the shop here so we we have we did like a film premiere of a documentary that we filmed uh like four or five years ago that just came out uh during the pandemic so it's kind of been a weird premiere of that um you know there's we, there's like a, a cafe attached to our bike shop. So we have this big kind of outdoor venue that allows us to, you know, have people meet and events and show movies and play music and stuff like that. Awesome. So that's really cool. Um, so we're able to do that. Me personally, I'm not as involved in the local community as I'd like to be. Um, 
I've been at the shop for six or seven, eight years now. And so everybody knows me. And so I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm part of the community in that way. I ride a lot with a lot of different locals. Um, I'm not really part of any of the clubs though, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of different groups and I mean the, where we are in Colorado, there's everything. There's the the hammer guys that will go out and ride, you know, 50 or 60 miles in an evening or whatever. And then there's, you know, the rest of us who are mere mortals, you know, who are part of other groups. There's a lot of, there's a lot of bike shops in this Valley and there's a lot of different types of group rides and stuff that happen here. There's a lot of community. There's a lot of like local people doing, you know, jump nights at the pump track or, um, we had up until this last year, we had a, a friend of mine who had a pump track in his backyard, and we just, as long as the sun was out and it wasn't winter, we were every Wednesday night. You know, we were at his house, awesome, big pile of people barbecuing and trying to jump off his roof into the pump track or something. You know, there was always <laughs> there was always something going on, and uh, yeah, things have things have slowed down. You know, it, communities go through cycles. I think, yeah. And, uh, we're in a, we're in a slow, like transition cycle. I think a lot of, we weren't really affected by the pandemic out here that much in, uh, in rural Colorado. And so it was a little different for a lot of us. Cause a lot of us just went on and did the same things we've been doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, we kept our jobs. Um, we, we just maintained and we, we just kept doing what we've been doing because we just went outside and rode bikes and that's most of what a lot of us did yeah and so uh it's it's been interesting for me trying to step back and realize that that was not everyone else's experience because i just did the exact same thing that i've always been doing i'm not (laughs) a huge not a huge people person not a huge big group person and so i just kept riding bikes and hanging out with my friends and um but a lot of other people experienced a lot of other things and um yeah, a lot of a lot of things that changed for a lot of people. Yeah, and I'm going through some crazy life stuff right now. Um, changes with my family, and um, I've been married for 11 years. Um, but uh, yeah, things are changing there. Um, I have a six year old now in first grade, and uh, that's really gotten me into that part of the community, the the family side of the community. Mm-hmm. especially with bikes my uh, my kid's not really into bikes quite yet he's a uh, more of a more of an inside kid uh-huh um but he's uh he's really cool and i'm really just stoked to just to be in his life when i can and so yeah he brings me a lot of joy now that uh awesome i don't know i kind of took for granted in uh in a couple of his early years he's a he's a really cool kid ride to school with him every day that's where cool was almost a little late getting back to this podcast because of that but um yeah if that answers your question about the community stuff yeah that's uh, that sounds sounds pretty good yeah i know i was just curious because like the cycling market for ireland is because ireland's such a small country like you know it's relatively tiny compared to a lot of other places, even the UK just next to us. Um, so, like, pretty much everybody nearly knows everybody in the cycling community. And, you know, 
I think I was talking about how you said that they're in a, you're in a little bit of a slow transition, um, but I've I've noticed that as well because I know um, the gravel cycling has really exploded recently because a lot of people want to get away from uh, the roads because traffic is getting so hev- heavy and the roads over here are so bad because like there's a lot of the roads over here started off as horse tracks before anybody even knew that. Uh, the US was there <laughs> so um, the, infrastru- the infrastructure here is you know just basically keep making the road wider and wider and wider but not any really better um, and then you know gravel cycling really exploded here uh, but it's, I've noticed before kind of leaving the bike shop that it was definitely starting to slow down again um, mm-hmm. like you know, repairs were always busy, but then the sales started to kind of slow down and then there was, you know, availability issues of trying to get bikes. We, we got hit really bad with that over here um, during the pandemic oh, yeah. as well. So that was a huge problem. But are you rep- guys, are you guys in a, are you guys in a slowdown like right now? Are you feeling the slowdown finally like this summer, fall? Uh, well, um, I'm not in the bike shop anymore. Um, I was up until kind okay. of the beginning of the summer, but definitely noticed everything was just starting to kind of fade off. Um, yeah, the, the big time. And I think that's really just because like over here, everything was closed. So the only thing you could do was walk, jog and cycle. So everybody took up cycling. Um, and then, yes. you know, there was huge parts shortages because we were running out of pieces and we couldn't get. And, and also the fact that we get everything from the UK and we don't have there wasn't really any kind of warehouses of stock within Ireland. All our distributors are based in the UK because we were kind of lumped in with the UK market because the Irish market is so small. Um, and then, you know, with the fact that pretty much everything stopped like all the airports were like down to the bare minimum so there was nothing coming into the country and we couldn't we didn't even have basic things like tires and tubes um and then so like with people coming in for punctures it was easier just to replace the tube but then i had to start patching up tubes and then we were running out of patches and glue and you know simple things like that that you never even would realize or think about yep um but it was a that was a weird that was a weird time for all of us like i i mean i was stockpiling tires uh, because somebody would bring in a tire and I'd be like, eh, I'm pretty sure I can put a boot on that, you know. And I was like, I was sewing up holes in tires at one point because I was like, there's no tires available. So I'm just going to start stockpiling tires and like gluing and patching tires too when people yeah. bring those in. So it was a crazy time. It was. It, it was It was pretty wild. But at the same time, you know, a lot of businesses just had to close down, whereas we were getting too busy, you know, so... Like I'm, we were kind of lucky in that regard, in that in that industry, where it's like so many other places suffered and had to let go a lot of their staff and close businesses down, and it was pretty, pretty bad that way. So yeah, I was thankful the fact that even all the way through the pandemic, I I still had a job, I still had somewhere to go to every day, where a lot of people were just locked at home. No, it was it was it was a. Uh, it was we were very fortunate those who of us who got to keep our jobs during the pandemic. I was. I was very fortunate. And as a in the in the film world too, somehow we had a lot of work during the pandemic. Still, there was just a lot of people who still wanted to make movies, still wanted to create things, and so we did. And uh yeah. Um I don't know if I have anything else really to ask you. It's just kinda is there anything you think you'd you'd like to mention? I'm not sure what else I can really ask you about. Uh just for you to know about me? If there's anything you might feel might be interesting. Oh. 
I'm I'm a relatively I'm a relatively uninteresting person. I think <laughs> I've, I've done a lot of I've done a lot of really cool things and been privy to you know a, I've been adjacent to a lot of really cool people, um, uh, but uh, I'm just I'm just the guy who wants to tell their stories. So I'm not really I don't really see myself as someone worth telling a whole lot of stories about right now. Um, but, uh, I'm trying to live my life in a way that it's worth telling this story someday. And, um, in a way that, cool, you know, makes me, makes me okay with, you know, <laughs> what I did during this short time that we have here while we're here. And, you know, the joy that cycling brings is, uh, just one of those really cool things that, yeah, you know, it has it it adds a lot of it adds a lot of meaning to life when life can really be really dark and meaningless sometimes so yeah absolutely uh, that's kind of how i feel about cycling as well it's just as i said it kinda, it's my happy place it kind of what lets me escape the the mundane reality of being a an adult in the modern world sometimes and just getting out yes. to spend some time in the wilderness with my partner you know she loves cycling and she loves getting out with me and the same with the kids um like well my older daughter now is you know she's 12 so she's kind of losing interest in it oh wow um but my nice. younger daughter is like she's just nearly eight so she's you know she's always itching to go and at the weekends would go somewhere but it's winter time in ireland and it rains a lot so there isn't always a the opportunity to get out onto the trails it's winter already there for you, huh? Uh, well, we have a fairly kind of mild environment. It never gets too hot during the summer. It never gets too cold during the winter. But at this time of year, it's, uh, you know, it just rains. <laughs> that's pretty much all it does here in Ireland is rain. That's uh, that's awesome. I We don't get to do anything in the rain out here. So um, it's always interesting to me hearing and seeing people who, who live in those climates. Cause I, I live in the desert. Um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty dry, pretty hot in the summer, pretty cold in the winter. Um, I mean, even today there, there's, it's only October that, but there's already frost on the windshields of our cars here in town. Mm-hmm. And so we're, uh, we're gearing, gearing up for the winter, but we live in a really cool place where we can go out to the desert sometimes and depending on the winter we can ride year round. It might be, you know, it's below zero, but we can we can ride year round and it's pretty cool. Very, very fortunate to get to live where we live. Yeah. Like uh, y- you can pretty much ride all all year round here as well. Um because like if you wait for a dry day, you'll never cycle your bike in this country. <laughs> <laughs> but uh like I know a lot of places where especially if it's dry a lot, as soon as it rains the trails just get destroyed and washed out. Whereas here, yep. I don't know, whatever it is about the soil, it's just used to being wet all the time, so you don't really chew the trails up as much if you cycle in the wet, so it's not as big of an issue. Yeah. Yeah, I uh I've been up to the Pacific Northwest, like the northwest part of the United States a few times and uh I was always just blown away by like the ability to ride when it's wet. <laughs> it's, uh, and uh, I've gotten to do that very few times in my life. And yeah, it's just a really, it's just a really cool experience when you do get to do it. And uh, yeah, I'm really stoked to get up there next year. I got a trip planned um, for next year to get up to ca- to Canada and do some things I've never done. So um, got to get some things in before I get into my mid thirties. Uh, so yeah. Um, 
that sounds kind of crazy to me that like somebody would be like I you know I really want the opportunity to cycle in the wet whereas for me it's the other way around like you know it's always wet here I'm always sipping and sliding yes. on, on wet routes and going through muddy patches and I think nothing of it um, and then cycling over rocks covered in moss and stuff like that but then the other side of it like you know it, dry dusty trails are few and far between here like it's not something I experience too often I, I, I can't imagine anybody wanting to cycle in the rain because it's such a chore to get out in the wet weather and spray your all the muck off your bike and clean your chain down and, and do everything afterwards and you know the grit and the dirt destroys your brake pads and chain and everything like it was like that just it seems like such a foreign concept that anybody would want to be oh I'd love the opportunity to cycle in a wet muddy forest <laughs> yeah it's uh it's just the concept of you know something different and uh and trying to be trying mm-hmm. to experience yeah. something different when you ride this so much and a lot of people haven't experienced uh you know riding in the wet and i have uh several times and uh in the in climates like yours and uh it is it's a rush it's some of my favorite type of riding if i could do that type of riding the problem is i am a person who needs sunshine mm-hmm and uh, if I had to live in uh, a place where it rained, you know, I mean, we, we get depressed out here when it's cloudy for two weeks straight, you know. We're very, uh, we're very sunshine-based yeah. culture out here um, in, uh, in the, the, the west and the southwest part of the, the country. And, uh, and I love it. And, uh, but it's, <laughs> it's a lot when, uh, when people go... To places like where you're from and are like i'm depressed it's been where's the sun <laughs> i haven't seen the sun in a week and uh it's just it's just an interesting culture difference that we don't think about a lot yeah um so just what you grow up and what you're used to really yeah it's it's really what you're used to um i just try to be more well-rounded in my riding and um i just don't get to ride that as much so i want to do it more though yeah there's definitely a skill to staying on a bike when it wants to go one way your back wheel's going left and your front wheel's going to the right and you're trying to just stay upright and yeah it can be hairy at times um like i'm not by any means awesome but you know (laughs) it's still fun what kind of riding do you do or do you do you mountain bike a lot are you mostly into the gravel stuff or what what's your what's your main focus you personally well when I started getting back into mountain biking, I just had a hardtail, a cheap hardtail that I could afford. Um, and I wasn't long getting into downhill. The, like the downhill scene in Ireland was actually quite big. Um, but then enduro cycling took over and it, it seemed to be a little bit more appealing. So for all the local downhill races, you know, you'd practice all day Saturday and you'd race all day Sunday and there'd be an uplift. And, you know, it would usually be on none of the trails here are very official. So like you'd have to get like permission from a local farmer to let you use his field and everybody be camping out. It'd be a cool weekend. And then you'd have uplifts like everybody be kind of loading their bikes onto the back of a tractor um, just to get up to the top. And then you'd cycle back down again. And um, but then Enduro started to get really popular race format over here. And it seemed to appeal a little bit more of just a little bit of a a day out with your friends on the bike with a little bit of racing in between as well. Um, and then downhill just died off. So we were, everyone was cycling Enduro. And then um, now I do have a gravel bike and so, some days I love kind of just going on a long cycle. Um, where I live, I'm at the very edge of the city. So there's a lot of kind of narrow back roads, really old roads where you can just kind of disappear away from the traffic. Um, 
and then work your way back into the city and see very few cars or people. But the other side of it then is, uh, I'd, I'd call myself a bit of a cross-country cyclist, really. But, you know, on all the natural, natural, technical kind of trails here with lots of rocks and lots of roots. Um, because there's no real big mountains right beside where I am, but there's a few local trails which are relatively flat, but pretty technical. So that's kind of the main cycle that I do these days. And I'm a bit What's too kind of broken and unfit to go hauling a, an enduro bike up a fire road just to tear down again. And <laughs> I just got, I, I prefer kind of hitting technical trails and kind of fighting with the bike the whole way through, but never being far from the, like the trailhead so that I'm not way off up the top of a mountain and I know when I'm when I'm smoked and I think right I think I've had enough I can just kind of I'm not far from the start whereas some of the enduro trails like you could be way off up on the far side of the mountain and you have to work your way all the way back down so I like the kind of shorter cross country loops just kind of suits me these days nice what's what's like a what's like a, a local ride that you do like from where you live can you ride from your house uh, yes, so to one of them, um, actually, the the owner of the bike shop I used to work at previously, and he's a good friend of mine, he has um, trails near his house. They're about five kilometers from where I am. So whatever that is in miles, I don't know, maybe just over three and a half, maybe four. So not really that far. Um, but the loop itself in the woods is only about maybe four or five kilometers long. But, you know, you've, you've done three kilometers or three laps and you are you're done for the day because <laughs> it's so technical and so hard. Um, and then the woods that I like where I've uh, actually where I learned to mountain bike are they're a bit further away. There's probably seven or eight miles from where I live. Um, but that, that's kind of where I learned how to cycle on the mountain bike. And then cross country kind of died off when everybody took over the the downhill and then the enduro and everything like that. And then cross country never really picked back up again but in the last couple of years i've kind of refound a love for it so what i've been doing is going in there with the machete and just cutting back all the bushes and reopening all the trails and i realized wow these are this is this is actually really great it's so much fun like there's no big long climbs or big long descents but it's just i don't know just fun technical twisty trails with the some fast bits some slow bits and a nice mix of everything and that's kind of what i like at the moment until I grow out of it and find something <laughs> else, you know? I I came into, I feel like I came into mountain biking a little late. I came in, you know, in the, in the mid aughts, um, when I was like, you know, a teenager and, you know, I think it was 2002, 2003 when I saw my first like brochure, it was like a specialized brochure. And it, I think it was the first demo nine from specialized. And it was like a huge, yeah, it was just like this huge drop that Darren Bearclaw was doing or something. And uh, I just remember like, like that's what I want to do. And then by the time that I could afford a mountain bike, like I was more in my, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, high school days. And I was like, well, I can't afford a real full suspension bike. And I, I never actually owned a real full suspension bike until I was like 19 or 20. I bought some old used something off of eBay. Oh, I forget what it even was. But I knew, like, I, there was, like, that time when the enduro-style bikes were coming out in the mid-aughts that I was like, this is this is the bike that I need, you know. Um, it's, like, the, the one bike to do everything. I, yeah. think it was, I think my first, like, real full suspension bike was in 2009. I had a, uh, a Santa Cruz Nomad. 
um, like one of those first generation aluminum ones. And mm -hmm. I had that thing set up for like bar spins and I was like trying to do three sixties on it and it was awesome. But I, I always <laughs> gravitated towards the, the enduro or long travel trail bikes because they, I, they were just a bike that could do everything, you yeah. know? Um, and it was too much bike for most of the cross country stuff. But if anything started getting gnarly, I was like, I don't care. I could, I can ride this stuff. And so I, I kind of have always stuck with, you know, the five to six inch travel bikes in general. Um, up until like a year or two ago when I got a Hanzo and, uh, now I have like, I, I've never owned this many bikes, but I own like uh, a process 153, a steel Hanzo and uh, a dirt jumper, the Shonky. And I've like never owned that many bikes at once. It's like, <laughs> crazy yeah. for me, um, to like, be like, I own, so I own three bikes, you know? And, uh, I don't know. It's still crazy for me to like, think that because yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a person who like makes a ton of money or, you know, is in this for the money. I've always been in it for the love of riding and the, the feeling that it brings. And so to have like really nice bikes now and to, to just, just be on the bikes that I am riding, um, are really sweet. And I love my, love my bikes, but like the Hanzo getting on a hardtail was like bringing back so much, you know, of the BMX in me, you know, where you're like, Oh, you have yeah. to like really mm -hmm. be on it. Uh, to ride technical trails and to ride stuff well because we have a lot of relatively technical trails out here in western Colorado and it's just it's just really cool um, to to get back into that and uh, I'm getting into bike packing more it's kind of my new thing that I'm trying to explore as awesome. I get older to try and have another outlet that doesn't involve jumping off of things and getting hurt <laughs> um, yeah and so yeah just trying to be a little bit more well rounded there but I don't know well sorry I don't know what I was talking about there, but yeah, just types of riding that we do. Um, I don't know. I've, I've really like you, you're getting into the cross country stuff you said, and I'm, I'm really appreciating that more as I get a little older, just the fitness that it brings and the, uh, being able to push yourself and being able to be like, yes, I'm, I still have some cardio and you can push yourself yeah. to those points. And, uh, I'm still trying to be, I'm still trying to be relatively healthy and athletic in the last, uh, in uh in my in my 30s and i want to i want to finish my 30s out pretty strong and have some goals and races that i want to do and things that i want to do while i'm still young so i don't know the cross-country stuff is really important to me now and didn't used to be i used to be just like huck it and uh let's go to let's go ride chairlifts but yeah. uh yeah it's it's been really cool to pedal and i've been pedaling a lot this year so awesome yeah, that's what I kind of liked. That's why I started to get more into the cross country because it's it's still hard and it's still, you know, it still challenges me. But at the same time, I'm not throwing myself down the side of a mountain and, you know, over the bars I go and into a pile of rocks and oh, now I'm injured again for a few months. Whereas the cross country, it's a little bit tamer, but at the same time, it still challenges me a lot. So because I'm, I'm not by any means like a fantastic cyclist. I just really love getting out and doing that. So um, I was just going to ask you, uh, like, um about your family like what how how have bikes um positively and negatively if if at all like affected your family and how do you how do you integrate bikes into your family life um i don't think there's any kind of negative side for us but definitely positive you know it's just being able to spend time with my family with you know my partner and my kids and um you know we'd i 
when I was working at the bike shop, I was lucky to have a, a like a big van where it was kind of a fired together makeshift camper workshop situation. So, you know, we could go away and we could stay the night somewhere. We'd roll up at the bottom of the trail and we'd, you know, have dinner and watch something in the van. And then we'd all kind of camp out because there's enough room just about for the four of us. And then in the morning we could head off on the trails and, you know, spend the day cycling. And, um, you know, so it's definitely... I don't think it brought anything too negative, but it's definitely brought a lot of um, great memories and, and adventures. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I we we are very fortunate to have a lot of public land out here in the West, and we, we try and do that in the winter as we go out, head west into the desert and live in a van or live in the back of our truck or whatever. And yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. I'm really, we're really fortunate to get to live where we live. Yeah, what what is your, uh, I, I just, you, this podcast is really an interesting concept, just trying to meet people completely yeah. un, unknowing them. But uh, yeah, is there is there any like big narrative you're trying to weave here? Is there any nope uh, way you want to start, begin, and end? No, it's it, literally like I'm. Um, it's just have a conversation with a fellow cycling enthusiast, be it mountain road off-road bmx whatever kind of cycling i just you know I, I i like cycling in all forms and it's just great to have a conversation and meet like-minded people and that's kind of just a different concept than going in with a bunch of questions prepared um and just learn about you from you yeah but yeah thank you so much for having me on thanks so much for taking the time to join me this is awesome like i've, I've definitely had a really good response from a lot of the other kona ambassadors so far so i have a lot of people lined up yeah. I hope you I hope you have some really interesting conversations. There's a lot of really cool people on the team and uh yeah, and a lot of people that I've gotten to work with too and uh hopefully get to work with more in the future. So Great. Thank you for coming on. Thanks so much for having me, Colin. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.